0: You're listening to Ask Us Anything, a periodic podcast by Wise Travel Confederation, exploring topics of interest to the youth and student travel industry. My name's Wendy Morrill. I coordinate research and educational activities at Wise Travel Confederation, and I'll be your host. During the World Youth and Student Travel Conference online in October 2020, I talked with Professor Greg Richards, longtime research advisor to Wise Travel Confederation. We talked about some of the issues the youth travel industry is facing amidst the COVID 19 pandemic. The conversation was based on questions submitted by listeners and covers a wide range of topics, including consumer research, hostel innovation, travel retailers and online distribution, the future of festivals and sustainable travel have a listen hi everyone welcome to ask us anything my name's wendy moral and i'm joined by professor greg richards hello greg hi wendy nice to see you in a sunny place
1: Virtual backgrounds are wonderful. (laughs)
0: Uh, Together, Greg and I represent WISE Travel Confederation's research team, and we've invited you here today for an informal discussion about youth travel, research about youth travel, and some of the issues that uh, we've been pondering about youth travel as the COVID-19 pandemic evolves. So let's get started, the value of consumer research on travel right now do we want to talk about when businesses might want to start doing that or looking at that and what value does it actually have at the moment when a lot of people can't actually travel?
1: Yeah that's a, that's a good question um, because of course in terms of in terms of people who are actually traveling there are not many consumers at the moment but of course people are kind of sitting there waiting to become consumers. Uh, As soon as uh, there's a vaccine or the travel restrictions are lifted and those kind of things, I suspect there will be a big surge in all that pent-up demand. And, you know, the people who are now sitting at home uh, have not changed an awful lot, I think, in terms of their basic desire for travel. Their basic motivations have not changed too much. So I think going forward, we will still see the value in general consumer research. I mean, New New Horizons is a special case because it's something which is done once every five years. So it's not something that's designed to tell you what's happening this week, but it's designed to provide a regular update on the state of the youth travel industry globally. And it will be very interesting to see if uh, the next wave of research takes place in 2022, where we are then. I suspect by then uh, we will have a bit more travel going on uh, and uh, people will be uh, only too keen to gather travel experiences just as they were in 2017. Whether the scale of demand will be the same is a different question, but I think that depends a lot more on governments than it does on consumers.
0: And something like New Horizons, and just say for anyone listening who's not familiar with New Horizons, that's Wise Travel Confederations once every five-year consumer study of youth and student travel. Is that still valuable right now to take a look at? We, we last did it in 2017 and, as you said, next in 2022.
1: Well, it, it will be very interesting in, in 2022 because we will then see if – anything has changed and what has changed in in youth travel landscape new horizons covers what people have done over the previous year so if the the study takes place in the summer of uh 2022 for example it will cover the year from summer 2021 which will give us a very uh interesting view of what has happened Uh, as a result of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're hearing people are pretty much setting, uh, gearing up for 2021 summer season right Right. now. Yeah. So, um, you know, we just released a six-month summary report of some of the COVID-19 research findings that we've been working on in a survey since March, and you can find out more information about that on the Wise Travel Confederation website. Are you seeing any innovative uses of hostel spaces, for example, becoming co-working spaces for locals? We're certainly seeing
1: signs of, of innovation in hostels. In a, another session in which we talked about the digital nomad uh, phenomenon and the fact that that seems to be growing and that uh, governments and suppliers are now latching onto that uh, very, very gladly. So uh, we have seen hostels doing things in terms of gearing up to service that market, putting in better broadband connections, making co-working spaces and these kind of things. Also thinking in terms of marketing about how they can communicate with these people and what kind of products they might want.
0: Okay. Anyone who's uh, wanting to read more on that, I think we may have a few articles on the website that cover a few things like that. Uh, next question. Uh, although young people seem to feel ready to travel, do you think there's a job for us as the industry to convince parents that it's safe?
1: Yeah, parents are crucial, particularly for the, for the younger segments of the youth market, and yeah. also because parents very often pay at least a slice of the travel expenses,
0: Uh, Are there opportunities in virtual internships as a replacement for conventional travel? Yes. In fact, um, we did run a webinar on how some of the uh, members of Wise Travel Confederation have moved their conventional travel programs online. And I think that folks in the volunteer abroad sector are having particular um, success at this. If you're a member, you can view the webinar at the WISE Travel Confederation website. Are you finding that youth want to travel more domestically to support their own country's economy, or is there still interest in international travel? I know that Wise Travel Confederation doesn't have any particular data on this. In Europe, the hostel network um, is quite active in trying to promote, I guess, regional travel. Um,
1: no, I mean, what, what we see is more from the supply side that, that hostels are switching to domestic markets. So, so yeah. that's clearly one of the trends that's happening.
0: Has the youth travel industry made any progress on the sustainability agenda and the sustainable development goals? And do you have any ideas about what might help progress travel, tourism and and hospitality on this front and their contributions to the SDGs?
1: Yeah, I I think this is a a tricky one at the moment because, of course, everybody's attention tends to be elsewhere, Uh, If if there's nobody traveling, then nobody's worrying too much about sustainability, uh, except economic sustainability. Uh, Once travel starts again, then I think sustainability will become uh, a higher profile issue. Although I have to admit that um, among consumers, it hasn't been as high as you might have expected Uh, in terms of a thing that they're thinking about when booking travel. And in terms of suppliers, we see that certain segments of the youth travel industry, and particularly volunteer travel, worry about environmental issues a lot more than others. So at the moment, I think it's a a fairly limited discussion, which is uh, being drowned out by the pandemic, of course, going forward, um, sustainability will be, should be a more important issue for suppliers and consumers to think about.
0: We have an article coming out on that uh, probably in the next week or so. Festivals, I know you've done a lot of academic work on placemaking and festivals, and um, what are you seeing in any attempts to reimagine festivals, new formats? Are they going to survive this?
1: That's a very good question. Everybody in the event industry is asking that at the moment. Uh, I, I think this, the simple answer is yes, they will survive. The problem is in, in what form? That's really what people are struggling with at the moment. We've seen some festivals opening up, for example, in uh, in China. So if you're happy to go to a festival wearing a wristband, which tells people about your state of health, then you are probably going to be okay. And colleagues of mine are, are looking at um, how you can use new technologies to... Uh, monitor what's happening at festivals and to ensure social distancing. So there are some potential solutions, but of course, that, that is j- just like hostels or, or aeroplanes. If you don't get the occupancy that you had before, you will also have to rethink the economic model. Mm. I think this is, this is where uh, a lot of people will have a challenge. Uh, boutique events attracting high spending customers are likely to survive better than uh, events which rely on having very, very large crowds.
0: Are there any particular world regions where you're seeing this? Yeah, I, well,
1: I, I mean, China is, is, is an obvious area where, where this, is, this is beginning to open up. Um, I, I don't see any signs of, of things moving in Europe at the moment. And of course, we're mm. now out of the main festival season. So I think everybody will now be waiting and seeing how, th- how the pandemic develops in the next few months before investing any more money in, in large-scale events.
0: Um, one more question, I think, which is probably a pretty big one. We've all just seen the demise of STA travel. How do you sense distribution of hostels, packages, other things that um, STA was retailing Playing out if a major player in the youth market has gone, uh, could we see giants of the wider industry, Expedia, Booking.com, taking over youth travel more seriously? Yeah. I think Booking.com has been looking at the hostel market very seriously the last two years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, this is a clear trend that we've seen over the life of the New Horizons survey, that uh, the the travel agency intermediary role has been under pressure for a long time as a result of the growth of internet bookings. So it's not too surprising that uh, somebody like STA is among the first big uh, casualties of this. And I think going forward, it, it is fairly logical that you know, having physical shops and, and, and those kind of things is going to be a problem relative to distribution over the internet. So that I think the, the slack is likely to be taken up by existing platforms such as Expedia and Booking.
0: And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the more formal programs in the cultural exchange sector, if there's going to yeah. be an acceleration there of more automated uh, distribution of those things. But we've been saying that for years at Wise Travel Confederation. Yeah. Well, so. that's,
1: that's possible. But, of course, then uh, think things like uh, work experience are more complex products. Yes, where
0: yes. Where you
1: do need a lot more support to make a decision than a booking.
0: Thanks to Greg Richards for his time and insights during this Ask Us Anything conversation. If you'd like to read more about the topics discussed or a transcript of this conversation, you'll find a variety of resources at Wysetc.org, including articles, publications, and webinars. Wise Travel Confederation is the only global not-for-profit membership organization representing the entire youth, student, and educational travel industry. If you work in this industry, you can join our global network by going to wysetc.org slash membership. That's all for now. Thanks. Bye.